Welcome to Glass Bones Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Burke. Joining me today, as always, is the fantastic and awesome, and apparently very good at disc golf, I guess. I don't know. I haven't heard about it 17 times this week. Mr. Kyle Franz. And then also joining us today is Mr. Elliot Brepsic, back for another episode. Yay. Hi, special. Hey. <laughs> We're going to name this episode Special. Special. <laughs> oh, man. You want to get started or not? Because I don't think they want to hear me rant another, you know, however. I'm pretty long. sure that's what everyone logged on for, but <laughs> that's, that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> when people see the Maple Leafs or the Oilers do something that frustrates the world, that's our calling. It's your calling. <laughs> it's, it sure is. I don't know. I just don't understand how you can't hate that team. I just they're just so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what what I'm gonna about, what I'm gonna rant about there, Mister Franz? Yeah, Mister Morgan Riley decided was a little upset at Ridley Gregg. Took a slap shot in the empty net, and naturally you cross check him in the face. It's just what you do. Duh. <laughs> I don't I don't see a problem with it. <laughs> I mean, obviously that's definitely my first instinct is when somebody shoots a puck in an empty net with a one goal game that I should just put my face my stick into their face. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> I can see you about to boil over. Just go. <laughs> just, just let it out. <laughs> I mean, I think before we get there, my first question is, what's wrong with him shooting the puck in the net? Like, I get it was a slap shot and it was a little excessive, but I, I, does it matter? There's some rules, I guess, that I've never heard of that being, like, an unwritten rule. But, like, I mean, I guess you just don't take slap shots that close, but there's no goal. I don't know. You could tell the emotion was there. Like, you just won a big game in front of your home fans. You you have the puck on your stick about to put it away. I I don't have a problem with any of it, uh-huh. except for the cross-check to the face. Uh-huh. Just, we've, we kind of talked about it off air when Elliot kind of brought it up, and I'll give him the credit. He mentioned... Ryan Kessler, oh, don't <laughs> pump your chest out too much. Looks uh, like you all last week. Oh, I'm going to nice, guys. Look at me. I'm still, it's still me. Because <laughs> by the way, like I got knees. So I don't know. <laughs> but uh, uh, Ryan Kessler, eight years ago, did something pretty similar. Except his was honestly the Flames had a little bit more reason because there was like it was like three seconds after the game ended, and then he took a slap shot into the back of the net. And they reacted. I forget who it was. Somebody went in, and then Dennis Wyman just threw his gloves down and grabbed them. And then Getzlaff came in, a whole bunch happened. Literally, a couple fights, and it ended. Uh-huh. And we all moved on. In this, you know, you cross-check the guy in the face. I don't know. It's just too far. Uh-huh. But I'll give him this. At least he reacted yep. to something. Because that's one thing we've judged Toronto a lot this year is do something. Uh-huh. When you're upset do something because the other crybabies on the team were doing nothing Matthews and Marner were just standing there it's like guys like are you upset that he just lost this game because at least he's upset that he lost the game I think he just snapped because even if you watch before that time like they moved the puck around but they didn't get any chances at all like I think Riley was frustrated because I didn't think they gave a great effort in the last minute of that game and I think he was really frustrated to see that happen Score the empty net, and I think he just snapped, lost his cool for a second, because we all know Morgan Riley is not this type of player. If there's anyone on that team that I like and respect a lot, it's him. And 
yeah, I think he just lost his cool, did something that he shouldn't have done. And now we know he has a five-game suspension, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, to me, it's, it's one of those things where part of the reason that I knew we were going to talk about it is because of we can't criticize Toronto for not doing anything when Marshan hits Lilligren and nothing happens. And then this happens and some, they do something. The problem is what they did. So it's, we've advocated about fighting a lot. Okay, that happens, you go fight him. That, that to me makes perfect sense in this. If Riley drops a stick and grabs him, I don't care if, if he Nick Cousins it and just drops to the ground and turtles and just lets Riley pit him, whatever. I don't care. But to me, some of it is, this is Greg playing the role that he needs to play on this team. So he's going in there like, okay, like what's, looking at going, what does it matter? Because like, okay, if they're coming after me, that helps us anytime we play that because now I'm in every single one of their heads because nobody on this team's going to do anything about it. Okay, Riley do, finally does something about it, which is, again, whatever, like appropriate, inappropriate, I don't know. I don't know where I fall on this because of the fact that, to me, I don't think it was that big of a deal. I wouldn't have had a problem at all if Riley grabbed him and, and threw him on the ground or whatever, punched him with him, whatever. Like, uh, you felt it was disrespectful, you did something about it. You did what was is inside the game, the rules of the game as well, quote unquote, I mean, you get a penalty, but it's not like you're getting suspended for fighting. Even at that point in the game, he still wouldn't have been suspended. Instead, you make a very dangerous play that could have ended his career. Why? And, and to your point, I mean, I don't know what the heck to do with Matthews and Marner at this point. <laughs> Every time there's a scrum, they're just standing there. They're not involved, they're not pushing anybody, they're literally just standing there. Tell me you care without telling me you don't, or tell me you don't care without telling me you don't care. Yeah. Like, and how do you not? It's like this is your teammate. Like, uh, I don't know. I just, and that's what I mean. Like, I, I just think it's, it's kind of stupid that this is kind of, this is this, this team, and how, how is this a team that has no fight in them? They're, they're. I mean, Ottawa's what, four bottom four, bottom five in the league. You should never be losing to Ottawa this year, realistically. They beat them, and they just kind of beat up on them away from the puck, too. And Toronto just didn't fight back at all. And it's just like, how is this team ever going to possibly win a cup if this is the attitude? And then you have Keith going, oh, you know, well, I thought the, the reaction was appropriate. So what you're saying is it's appropriate for your guy to cross-check somebody in the face. But anytime something happens, you're the one screaming your head off on the bench about a penalty when your players get touched. Mm-hmm. What would have been the reaction if this was the other way? Which is what I kind of am trying really hard to do. If this was flipped and Toronto was shooting the puck in and Ottawa hit Toronto, what would my reaction be different? Because obviously, as most people know, I don't like Toronto. But part of why I don't like Toronto is this. Like, okay, you finally did something, but again, you have Reeves on your ten- team. And granted, he's not on the rank. Obviously, you're not. You're never putting Reeves out in the minute, a minute left in a game where you're trying to win, obviously. But at the same rate, then if somebody on the rink needs to do something, but then the next time that they play, Reeves needs to just, it's going to, every time they're out together, we're fighting. And she's going to be like, I'm, I'm sorry, this is just what this is. You're going to answer to this bell. And this is what it's going to be. And if you don't want to fight, I'm going to fight somebody else every single time on the rink. That was what they brought you to do, and you have not done that. And, oh, we're going to make hockey violent again. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, I, yeah, like, I was just shaking my head when I saw that. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> I, you know, I really used to like him yeah. a lot. And I started to lose it a little bit last year in Minnesota because, like, when he got traded from New York and he's like, 
I don't know. I just, there was something about it. It's just like, I don't know. I'm not a big fan. But then this year, after the three-year contract and then the comments after every game, Mm -hmm. if I was out there, Mm -hmm. if you were out there, they would have lost seven to nothing already because you you have zero impact on the hockey game whatsoever Mm -hmm. at this point. So, yeah, he's starting to... (sighs) Just to think back that him and Tom Wilson went at it. Like, Tom Wilson's a very good hockey player mm-hmm. that could still beat the crap out of him. <laughs> That's yeah. it's Well, I was watching the highlights from the Vancouver game. Who did Vancouver play on Sunday? Do you know if the, or sorry, not Sunday. Uh, Tuesday. Do you know off the top of your head? I think it was Carolina maybe? I forget. Give me one second. I know who it was. Stupid NHL app is awful. It is the worst thing ever. Um... I know, I watched Chicago. Okay, yeah. So, I was very impressed with uh, Josh Dakota. Uh, is that right? Dakota Joshua. Thank you. <laughs> I knew I was going to flip him. Um, <laughs> it's it's a weird two first name type yeah. of name. Dakota Joshua, that's, that is... Pull yeah. the jelly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Jamie Dresdenal. But, anyway. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, anyway, Dakota Joshua, I was watching him play, and I'm like, man, he is he has become very much the Ryan Reeves from five, six years ago, where it was he can contri- he had three points that night on three very good plays, but he'll still beat the crap out of you, which props to Mark Giordano because he fought him, and I was very shocked and held his own against him. But it's like at this point, Reeves has literally he has he has worn him. He's not an NHL player anymore, and. Unfortunately, they don't give as much attention to the Backstone and Tyler Pritchard because they were brought in to do similar things too. They haven't fought it much this year or at all or at all any either, but he takes the weight of it. But at the same rate, this is the reason you're here. You need to step up and do these things and not just have some dumb comment at the end about not being on the rink with them. Again, there's ways to get around that then. It's just, to me, it's just... He has failed completely at what he was brought in to do. And granted, they gave him too much money and too much term, which isn't his fault. You know, obviously, you take the contract that's in front of you. I get that. But especially because realistically, nobody was offering him anything more than one year. I don't understand why they felt the need to go three, but whatever. They're going to be buying that contract out. But it's just, or I guess maybe just sending him to the minors, but I don't know. It's just it's just stupid. And yeah, at this point, I've lost it. I had a lot of respect for him. I really thought that he was a good player. He was good for the game. He had, you know, all that stuff. I really liked his time in Vegas. I thought he was very effective there. And I just, he's lost it. And he just, to me, I don't, that, it's just never coming back. Hmm. But, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think they're special? I mean, the whole incident, like you said, like, I don't have a problem with either side other than the cross-check part of it. Like, they just won their, I think it was third out of fourth game against a big rivalry team. Everybody's, you know, everybody's amped up. He takes a slap shot into the empty net to seal the game. Who cares? Um, I can understand, you know, if I was on the other side that I just lost an important game. I'm battling for a playoff spot, and you see that, and, you know, sometimes the wires just cross, and I think that's what happened with Riley. Like you both said, like, I like the fact that they at least, like, stood up for themselves a little bit and showed some heart. Just the way that they went about it was not, or Riley went about it was not very good. But, um, and I think it's, with him being out for five games now, 
Riley is probably one of, if not their best defenseman. Mm-hmm. He runs their power play. He's a penalty killer. He plays, I'm pretty sure he plays the most time on ice out of anybody in, on the team right now. And they're four points out of not being in the playoffs at all right now. So you lose him for five games. What is that going to do for their decor? And now they're like, it's very close to not being in the playoffs at all. So that this next game, five-game stretch is going to be huge for them, and they're going to have to bear down. And I mean, I hope they don't. I hope they miss the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> We're all kind of cheering for that. <laughs> yeah, I just I think both sides handled it how they should have until the cross checks the face and and then the whole Reeves thing and guy plays two minutes a night, makes no impact on any game, and then just talks and runs his mouth after every game about how, you know, oh if you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of that next time or I'm gonna do this or he's just you're just bad bad at hockey right now and you may you are zero use to any team. So just uh I found it extremely entertaining on both sides. Yeah. Oh, then, it, to me, it's great. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I was curious to see what the suspension was going to be. I, I'm, I guess I'm okay with. It. I still don't really know. I, I look at that and I go, okay, at least they gave exactly what Perron got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the same similar situation, I still think Riley's. No, Perron's was pretty bad. Perron's was probably worse, actually. <laughs> I don't know. They were both pretty bad. Yeah. At least they were consistent with that part. I was curious just because of, like, the time. So, like, right away my mind went, like, Dale Hunter back in 93 got 21 games. Now, there was a lot more to that because of his history and stuff of why he ended up getting 21 games or hitting someone after a goal. But 21 games is a lot, even with a history. And that was in 1993 where suspensions were rare. So, um... It's to me, it's interesting because I don't want to compare the two because they are different. Because literally, Terjan did nothing in that play when Hunter hit him. At least this was like a reaction to something that I still don't think was much of anything. But hey, it got us talking and it was fun. I agree. I think it's it's kind of exciting because we all like to see the the violence. Like I, I'll say that. Like I hear what Reeves is kind of saying. I just don't want to hear it from him because like you don't do anything like nobody you don't fight because no one wants to fight you i'm doing air quotes because you're too tough no one wants to fight you because they're they're not scared to fight you but when you go to the box and they go to the box that team's missing a lot more on their roster than from you like i'll just use like trent frederick an example like i think he could stand up to reeves and fight him but Boston needs Frederick on the rink where they don't need you. <laughs> so that, cause that role has gone in the league, but I think Nick Sealer could step up and fight him and it would hurt the Flyers way more than hurt Toronto. Yeah. And Nick Sealer's our sixth defenseman. I granted he's been playing fantastic this year. So to give him credit, but I can't and, think of, sorry, I can't think of one player in the league that is just fight. No. And that's it. Besides him. Which is the problem with his contract to me. Yeah. Like you look at it and go, okay, I have no. Obviously, I've been advocating for them to bring in grit for years. They finally do, but this was the wrong kind of grit. You need to go after somebody that can still play. They should have been talking to Tampa and say, "Go to Pat Murray. Like that would have made sense because Pat can still play. You know, he's not. He's definitely not what he once was, but he's still an effective player. And again, he has. There's a lot of other things that he can do besides fight. He's just going to fight. 
if there's a poss- if there's an option for that. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of guys in the league that you can look at and be like, okay, they would do much better in that role than Reeves has here because of they do more than just fight. He at this point in his career, all he's good for is fighting. He's he is hurting you every time he's on the ring. Unfortunately, he's just where it is right now. And then him coming out and making that comment is just like, okay, like shut up. Like this is literally <laughs> you trying to save your job. And it just it it looks it makes you look really stupid when I don't disagree with that statement. Nate Hockey filing it. I mean, obviously, I advocate for it all the time about just fight him. Just and to me, this is another reason to get rid of the stupid instigator penalty. It's dumb. Take that out. Take that bull crap out of here. If somebody fights, and especially because there's enough times when people, like, I mean, we were just watching Brett Leeson got lit up by Lilleberg, I think is his name, mm-hmm. from Tampa. I mean, destroyed. Everybody just moved on because it was a very good hit. That happens too. And obviously, you know, like we talked about, we wanted somebody from Tampa to step, or from Toronto to step up and fight. Marshan, or at least do something until when Willow Green goes down in that situation. But it's because it's a questionable hit. You're right. not on a good hit, but instead it's like nothing happened. Literally nothing happens, and it's oh well, I wasn't on the ring with him. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So, like, yeah. I mean, John John Scott trying to fight freaking Phil Kessel yeah. <laughs> because that's who lined up against him. Yeah, it's the best story. Uh, oh yeah, my gosh. talking about Pat Maroon and Ryan Reeves. Reeves this season has. Two points, two goals, 20 penalty minutes. Maroon has 16 points and 60 penalty minutes. How many penalty minutes did Reese have? 20. That's <laughs> 20. Pat Maroon has 60 and he has 16 points? I'm actually impressed by that. Yeah. That's insane. That's not, again, I just, I feel like there's there's lots of other players that you could have gone for that would have been a better, much better experiment. And the other thing is, it's an experiment. Right? right? That's what you should have went with. If it's a one-year deal, you send him to the minors. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Obviously, the Rangers signed Nick Benino. Didn't work. And they, they didn't just send him to the minors. They bought his contract out. Yeah. So it's like, but it was one year. I mean, it was the same. I think it was the same number as Benino and Reeves, I think, it was the same number. I'm not 100% on that. But, so it's like, okay, worst case scenario, you do that. But instead, you signed him for three years, and now you're trapped. Like, it's just, it. but I don't know. It's... it's it's uh, yeah, but go, good. go Devils, go every team below Toronto. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> well, so that's something. So they played St. Louis yesterday, Tuesday. They played St. Louis on Tuesday. They beat them four to one. They played Philly tonight. They play Anaheim. They play St. Louis again, and they play Arizona. So if there was a time for this to happen, right now is the time <laughs> yeah. because they'll be able to, to your point about Riley being very important. They'll be able to afford him not being in the lineup right now. It it but, is and it's not. Because if they do lose, these are these are very important points. Yep. Those, the game against Anaheim and the game Arizona against Philly especially. is the most important. That's true. Because yeah. that's in the conference. Now it's not in the same division, but it's still in the same conference. And right now, they need points, regardless of who they're coming from on that eastern side, because they need they need points. They're six and four in the last ten games, which is fine, but they have a four point threshold in essence. That they're sitting on, it's not, and it's it's tight. I mean, Jersey has fifty eight points; they're four points behind them, and the Islanders have fifty seven points; so they're five points behind them. Mm-hmm. And if they lose two of these five games, three of these five games, 
especially if they end up losing to St. Louis, like if they lose to Philly and they lose to Anaheim or Arizona, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. But, but again, it's also tough because I look at Detroit and I'm like, eh, they're not going to I'm not impressed with Detroit either. So, but I would love to see this Toronto team fall out of playoff spot because what do you do? Like literally, what do you do? You just cut. You just signed William Nealander to a super long extension. Where do you even go from here? You know, and, and to me, th- at this point, you can't solely blame on the goalies. Like Samsonov has not been good this year for sure, but that has not been. Like, but that doesn't fix the fact that you have there's six guys on the rink, and there's two guys in essence involved in the extracurriculars, and there's four guys just standing there watching it. That doesn't fix that part, which is again is the big one of the biggest problems I have with Toronto is there's no culture there. There's nobody willing to step up and be like, no. We are not going to play like this. Which is, I mean, half makes me wonder if that was part of the reason, like, Felino was like, nope, I'm out. I want nothing to do with this place. Because I can only imagine what he had to say, would have to say about that if he could actually talk about it realistically. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know. It's a mess. Yeah, it, 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 that's, it's a mess. Well, I think regardless, even if they do make the playoffs, and let's just say they play the Rangers or Boston in the first round, and get knocked out right away. You just made this extension. Like, I don't know which is worse. Like, at least the playoffs, you get a better pick, or I doubt they even have that pick. But um, you at least, it's not even really the pick as much. as just, you can look at it as, okay, let's, let's reset. Let's try to do something. Let's, I don't know. I don't even know what you would do, though. <laughs> They're in such a bad position. I, I don't, because... There's so much that, that they have to figure out for next year. I mean, like, they have a couple people. Like, obviously, Klingberg, Murray, Muzzin are coming off. But Jones, Samsonov, I would just imagine none of them. Brody's not coming back. Like, all of that, none of them are coming back. But, like, I would imagine you want to bring Bertuzzi and Domi back, or one of the two at least. But I don't know where the money's coming from. Like I know. I just I look at that forward group, and next year they're going in with only – what five million less than what they have currently on their roster? Yep. So how are you going to upgrade that? Missing six players. Right. right. So you're losing six players and gaining five million dollars in cap space. Yeah. How does like you have to have? Which I mean, they already have one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of their players are six of their fourteen forwards lists are making under a million dollars a year. And then, like, I look at the defensive side of Brody coming off at 5 mil. Okay, that looks good, but is that what Lilligren's going to be mm-hmm. signing for? Nope. Yep. It's, well, I mean, he's probably going to get – he might get the same more close to what Bouchard got. Probably a little less than Bouchard because he hasn't had as, had as good of a year as Bouchard – or good of years as Bouchard has. But what was that again? 3.2, I think. Okay. Something like that. Still. Yeah, that's – again – I, it's one of those things where I don't like hating on this team, but I just don't know what's there to like about it. Yeah. Uh, three, no, three point nine. Three point nine. Yeah, so so probably three. That's yeah. Realistically, what he's looking three years, and they make him to sign a third year, three year contract. So three years at three million dollars, it's probably fair, but that's still one point two over what he was making. Oops, one third. Yeah, he's going from 1.4 to 3. It's a 1.6 jump. Where's the money coming from? You know, like, 
and Mark Giordano's up, who's making 800K, you're not getting a Mark Giordano for 800K again next year. And I would assume he's going to retire. If he doesn't, I would imagine he's going back to Calgary. But yeah. Oh, <laughs> so freaking idiot. And you don't have a goalie. <laughs> yeah, well, you have just a goal. Who's hurt? That's fair. So, but who's making 776, $766,000? So, but again, it's just, but here's the other thing. Here's the kicker. This year they started with $10 million in LTIR space because of Murray and Muzzin. Yeah. So, they were they could be and I think they are ten million dollars over the cap space that they will not have next year. Right, because Yarncroft's going to go back up next year. Yep. At two point one. Yep, and they also won't have the Klingberg too, which, mm-hmm. which they got you know six seven eight games into the into the season. But like that, this, it's just a mess. Yeah. Mess. I don't even think I could fix this in in freaking <laughs> NHL twenty four. <laughs> No, you would just win the cup with this roster. Wow. Yeah. That. Esports how, loves this team. It's amazing how different video games are than real life. <laughs> and the thing is, is it's not even like, oh, just trade, you know, trade one of the guys. Trade, you know, Mayor, uh, Matthew, Severus, Marner, or Neander. Who's taking them on? At full cap hit? Nobody. Oh, no. No way. So you have to retain, which hurts you anyway. So it doesn't help you anyway. I just I still look at that Nylander contract at eleven and a half, and uh, Marner's gonna ask at least what Matthews is getting, if not probably more, especially yeah. when that cap goes up. Ugh. <laughs> I love it. Thank it's excellent. Thank it's just, God, I'm not a truck. It just gives me headaches just looking at this. Like this, you pull up this cap friendly stuff all the time, but this one is hard to look at. Ugh. But don't worry, they're trading for Travis Konechny. And they're going to get him. <laughs> Are you ready for this? For Topi Nimula, first round pick, and a second round pick. Why with, has, with half his contract retained. Why hasn't the Flyers said yes yet? It's <laughs> uh, crazy. Now, that's the other thing, too, is like looking at, like, okay, they have a couple of decent prospects, but who's coming up and playing next year? Because you have to have guys that are coming up and playing. Easton Cowan may play. He started the year there. Okay. Ronnie Hibervana, he might play. Uh, Fraser Minton, they've been waiting on him forever. Well, maybe not forever. He's only 19. I can't say that, I guess. I feel like his name's been mentioned way more than just two years. But That Kyle Clifford guy's really good. He is. I mean, they should just let him play instead of Sonny Reeves. I, I, I forgot. I didn't <laughs> realize he was still there. Yeah. Why is he not? <laughs> because they – and that's the thing. They signed him to a two-year contract and then just sent him to the minors. He played two games last year. He has 76 penalty minutes in 34 games with 19 points. I didn't even realize he was still playing. Why? Yeah, I'm, that's confusing. I don't know. Go Toronto. Yay, Yay Toronto. Toronto. Hey, that's one thing I'll give them. They give us good conversations. They do. Yes. They do, because it's so freaking mind-numbing. I get to listen to at least one Matt Ran a week on the podcast. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy them because every once in a while I listen back and I'm like, man, I sound like an idiot. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's just one of the, and my thing is, is like, if, if, you know, if we have a Toronto fan that's listening, please, please, please reach out to us. I would love to actually talk to somebody who actually likes Toronto and could defend, argue with me, please, because I don't, 
I would love to hear a, a positive spin on this team because I just I literally cannot see how you can be positive about this team. I just I don't know how. I love Matthews. I think he's a great player, but to me, his style of play will never win you a cup. It just won't. I'm sorry, it won't. Which is why I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know how you leave him off the team for for the Olympics, but he would not be my. He's not my first on time at all. I don't know where you put him honestly because you have you have better options. But it's also how are you going to leave off a guy who might score seventy goals this year? Right. But it's just like I don't know. I don't. That's the thing, you know. When I do watch Toronto, when it comes to the hockey side of it, like I don't hate his game as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Like I, I watch him in the D zone, and he's he's getting into more passing lanes, and you can tell you can tell he's working on things, which is which is a positive for Toronto. But he's not the only problem. I feel like it's just the whole mindset of that organization is just uh, it gives you headaches. It's so, so it's so frustrating. So glad I didn't choose them as my team. <laughs> I wonder. I mean, you never see the lists like the no trade list. I wonder how many people have them on their no trade list now. That would be interesting to find out. I would love to know. Because one, you don't want to go deal with all that, and then the media there is probably the worst media in the entire league. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I'll give Ryan Reeves in his defense. Like every time he opens his mouth, he's got like eighteen articles, and like it yeah. gets publicized so much. Where it's like, okay, I could kind of understand that, but... Well, it's still, like every time something happens, he's the first guy they go to in the locker room. There's like 18 people they know, in his locker. They know they're going to get some kind of sound bite or something to write off of. Right. Uh, so, uh, what a mess. <laughs> I was wondering if this was going to have his block shots. Because I know people are talking about how he's blocking shots again. Or he's blocking, sorry, not again. He's blocking shots, which is great. Sorry, talk about Austin Matthews. But at the same rate, you block shots when you don't have the puck. <laughs> I, I don't want him at the top of that. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean, but I don't know where it is. So, ay, ay, ay. Oh, a good 30-minute rant. <laughs> <laughs> So Phil Kessel's going to Vancouver, huh? Uh, I was gonna say, yeah. Anything before we move on? <laughs> anything else on the Toronto subject before we nope. finally tune over? <laughs> nope. Time to go. Yeah. It's about time to hit the old dusty trail. <laughs> it's about time to go eat that that second melt. Oh no! <laughs> one of the, the three, one three of the eight. <laughs> Talk about loves us. I wish they had sponsors. I'm getting open every single podcast with ding. That would be excellent. All right, so. Phil Kessel, potentially heading to Vancouver. He is currently practicing there, and sounds like they're working on a contract for him. So, what are your thoughts on that? Pumped. Yeah. I hope I hope it works out. I think it's a good fit. I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to help too too much, but I don't think he's going to hurt. I think it's a good fit. I think it's a good player. I'm surprised he hasn't been signed yet. Um, just glad to hear his name in the news, honestly. So I didn't really care where he was going, and I'm glad he's going to a team that could go on to win a cup. He's, uh, I saw clips of him. He's probably been practicing with the Abbotsford team in the AHL on his first day of practice. He looked a little gassed on a lot of the drills. You know, a lot of hot dogs in the last year. But I think, I mean, just from the fact of he's he's been there. He, he's another guy, you know, we talked about before, who, what it takes to win and guys who know what it takes to win. 
and he can come in and help some of these younger guys, even if, you know, he's scratched some games and stuff like that. But if he's out there practicing with them, he's in the room, and he can talk to some of these younger guys about, like, what it really takes to get to that final stage and to win, I think that would be huge for, for this team that is a legitimate cup contender and has everything in place at this point to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got three cups for a reason, right? And he was a big part of all three cup wins. Well, I guess... I guess not so much Vegas, but yeah. still. The, the two in Pittsburgh, very, very, very big part of. And ironically, he gets out of Toronto and wins a cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> forgot, I forgot I have that back. Mine's Time. better. <laughs> I did like yours better. But, I mean, this this is a guy who he knows what it takes to win. He knows how to, to do what it takes and, and play at the highest level he's won I mean he's 36 I feel like he's still got some gas in the tank he still knows what what to do to me it's a no brainer hmm. I think it's a it's a low cost it's a low risk high reward thing the risk is it doesn't work okay you're you're giving him a one year contract it's probably going to be less than a million dollars you couldn't possibly get him that type of player in trade for less than a first round pick, maybe like realistically at the at the cap and who they are, I think it's well worth it. You know, and to me, like looking at their lineup, I'm not sure where exactly he fits in, but to me, I was thinking they were making one more move, and I think that this is going to be a very good one. So I think actually what may happen is Nils Aman, Amen, I don't know, whatever it is, may come out of their lineup. Lafferty will move over. Mikheyev will go down, and then he'll play on the third line with Bluger and Car- Garland. Mm-hmm. Which I think would be, I mean, that would be a, that'd be a fun, fun line to watch. Which now I'm looking at, where's Dakota Johnson? Joshua. <laughs> Why am I struggling with his name so much? There he is. He's her. So yeah, so maybe that that's the thing. There may not be a lot of, but again, there may be a rotating fourth line kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But having him in the locker room will be very, very, very good. So yeah. really who, can't get wrong with it. Who was his assistant coach in Pittsburgh when he had all that success? Rick Tockett. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Is, he gonna, is Rick Tockett going to bring Steve Downey in? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> His only good year for under Tockett. <laughs> it's um, true. I forget, who was it that he Superman checked? Oh, my gosh. Ottawa? Man. Somebody from Ottawa. And I can't remember who it was. It's the hardest, dirtiest. <laughs> like the one like, behind the net. Yeah, the guy was like, throwing <laughs> yeah. out of the net. He's just like, boom! <laughs> And it, it's a it's a shame because I really think that there was something to him, but he was just a lunatic. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> probably cutting squares out of his carpet. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Anything else before we we have a couple of subjects that we need to, to, to quick touch on? But all right. So next up, so the Columbus Blue Jackets have officially fired their GM, Yarno Yarmo Kekalainen. Okay. That's a tough one. That's got all the little thingies over all the letters. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Should have called Joey and that. <laughs> Make him spell it. <laughs> yeah. So. It's his favorite team. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you made this point last year with Philly, with Philly firing Fletcher and letting Breer come in when he did to prepare. So, well, although, I think... Part of the reason they fired him is because he didn't trade JVR, our one and only trade trip, 
And then, oh, trading's hard. <laughs> Make a hoagie by loan again. <laughs> Sounds like the same thing. But I think it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting that they did this right before the deadline. Because it half makes me wonder if they think a new GM is going to come up, come in and blow this team up. And this would be a good deadline to do it. I mean, what could you get for some of their pieces? There's not a lot in the trade market right now. And I think there's a couple pieces on Columbus that can get you something. Yeah. And it kind of sucks because I really would love to see Columbus be good, but I think they're headed towards at least three more top five picks before they're ready to compete. And I think, unfortunately, you got to just take it and just accept the fact that it is what it is and move on. But I am, I am a little surprised, but it does make sense. They have not had much success. And, I mean, realistically, they had their most success when they had Torts, and then they fired Torts instead of just trading Dubois, which they ended up doing anyway. So, yeah, it's tough. I think they're still hurting from that year, which I still don't think was the wrong thing. But I'm still they're, they're still hurting when they didn't move Panarin and Bob, and then they went and got Duchesne, and they just there was a lot of value that they could have had from that. Mm-hmm. Instead, they went for a cup. I don't think it was. A lot of people say it was the wrong move. I still don't think it was the wrong move because they did go out and sweep Tampa, who had the best season ever at the time. They had a good team that year. They they really had a chance to go win. So like, I didn't hate that move. It's just hurting them now, mm-hmm. and it, I just I feel bad for that organization. I love when Columbus is good. They're one of my favorite home playoff teams to watch. Their stadium just it's such a cool place to be. So yeah, maybe maybe that's what they just need and. They have a lot of good players, especially, you know, they had Fantilli, and it's a good start. Mm-hmm. But I think they need to blow it up a little bit. I don't think full blow up, but I think if a couple year retool, mm-hmm. sit back and don't trade Wierenski, don't trade the big boys, not all of them, but let's, let's, start, let's start, you know, getting a new face in here. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's because, I mean, you have Fantilli, Johnson, Marchenko, Sillinger, Chinnikov, Veronikov are six of your forwards who are all 23 and under. That is a really good place to start. That's a really... So you want to build with that. Then, especially because... uh, Well, yeah, they they don't have... have Pretty much all of their good, real good uh, forwards are playing in the NHL right now, which is good. But having an older defensive court is good because defense would take longer. So... If you could have a 26-year-old Brunsky, a 29-year-old uh, Severson, 25-year-old Pete, 23-year-old Boquist, 25-year-old Bean, if that's your defensive core, I think that's good. Now, to me, looking at this, I think I – which we'll get into this a little bit on the next episode, but, I mean, Proveroff, to me, is a good – I would be looking to trade him. Yeah. Especially because, to me, you have – you haven't used any of your attention slots yet. How much would a $3 million Proveroff get you? I mean, that would be a very, very, very good trade. And while he struggled in Columbus this year, I don't think you can put that on him. This team this team overall has been bad, so I think there's a lot of teams that could look at him and be like, look at what he was. Like, he was in Philly, he struggled in Philly, and then it just didn't work with him and Torts, and then they ended up moving him. Okay, what? how much value does he have? I think this could be a... This could be a... If the same way that... 
Danny Breyer trading for overall first was his first, like his first big move, and he totally and I mean scored with that trade. That could also happen with this one. Now, they did. John Davidson has taken over, but I don't think is that the plan to keep him. I don't know. I I honestly I didn't even see. I didn't even know that. Okay. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. Cause I wouldn't be surprised. I wonder if because that's my question is right now, who are they hiring? And if it's going to be like, when are they going to hire somebody full time? Because I don't know that Davidson is going to want to stay in the GM role. I kind of wish they would have had that in the works already. But yeah, yeah. for the remainder of the season. So Davidson is going to be working the deadline. Which I don't know that I like that. Yeah. That's the problem. I think you'd almost want to, which is why it seems to me like this is a weird time to fire him if you didn't have. Somebody lined up to take over already. Yeah, I feel like that could—that's probably a mistake. Unless there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. It's always an option. I mean, Davidson might have. It, it, it's interesting. I'm always curious in situations like this. Does Davidson have someone in mind, or a group of people in mind that all like? He'll use them as like. Uh, what am I trying to think? What's like the word like? Uh, interim. Not yeah. interim, but like. Uh, person that like gives advice or uh advisor advisor yep. like maybe he has a couple like advisors that he's gonna like turn to during mm-hmm. this time and then you know make some moves from what they advise on see how they make out and that's who he hires next yeah you know what i mean i don't know or is he waiting for another gm to get fired <laughs> potentially that, i mean i feel like that may be coming this year like yeah. you may see a couple like is if tampa misses playoffs is Brisbane going to be out? Right. I'm not trying to say that's happening. I think that would be so stupid. But you got to ask the question, right? I mean, because the crazier things have happened, right? So I have wondered maybe that's the thought. But again, it's just like... Fletcher's available. <laughs> and Ron Hextall. Do both. OGMs. OGMs. Brian Birkin. <laughs> Hextall can just slowly ruin hockey from the east to the west. <laughs> One, one state at a time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, he'll get through Columbus and it'll be like, all right, Fletcher already did Minnesota, so we'll go past that one. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting, but yeah, I think that that's. They have a couple pieces that, that they could really. I mean, even Texier. If I'm a general manager looking for a job or if I'm like. Anyone in that business, I want this. Yeah, I really want this job. Yeah, there's a lot to work with here. I don't think, I don't think this team's that bad. No. I don't understand what's going on now. In fairness to the roster, this trading camp they got screwed. Yes, and going into the season, just you know, right as training camp starting, you have a new head coach. Yeah, that didn't help. Um, yeah, and then ever since the Gaudreau contract, you know, that's what. Shout out Joe Burrow texted me today saying, I guess when they signed Gaudreau, wasn't expecting, they weren't expecting to you know, pick second overall the next year. Or ended up being third, but they were second the last last year, losing the lottery. But, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Wow, Jared Bowles, one of their assistant coaches. And Mark Recchi. That's funny. See, because that's, that's kind of what I'm looking at going, I don't think that Pesco... Pascal Vincent is a head coach. Yeah. Unfortunately for him and for them, 
there was no prep time for him. <laughs> so, and it's tough because it's, but it's also looking at, I mean, there's been a lot of head coaches fired, so maybe there's somebody, I mean, well, um, uh, Todd McClellan. Mm-hmm. I feel like he'd be a very good coach. He'd probably, he'd probably take this team and make them something. They're so... And that could be in the works, too. Yeah. You have to, you have to assume. And I feel I actually feel bad for Vincent because, like, mm-hmm. he was not supposed to be in this situation. And I hope it doesn't hurt the rest of his potential of what he could work towards in his career. So I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him another year. Just kind of, like, mm-hmm. have your own training camp, have your own full year, and not be in the situation you started this year in. Yeah. I, mean, I think that'll come down to who eventually will be the full-time general yeah. manager. So. Yeah. Well, because I look at it, because to me, I also think if they fire him this year, anybody that's looking at him would be like, that was a that was just a bad situation all the way around. It doesn't affect the input on him. It's the way that I would look at it. He's getting thrown in last second. There's nothing he could have done. He, you know, and some of the, t- the well, some of it too is like you weren't expecting Rizlikens to suck. So like he's played, he hasn't played well. So that hasn't helped, and like there's a lot of things you could blame it on. So, okay, you kind of, you can say okay that was kind of a one off. You know, stuff happens. Obviously, lots of very good coaches have been fired. Well, some many times, it happens. It's part of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see them give another year and say, hey, let, let give you. We're going to give you another year. We want to see what you can do. We now the, the expectation is to be a, a lottery team. That's the expectation now. It was a playoff team. Now we're, it just, things didn't happen the way that we wanted. There's some stuff going on. Obviously, do what absolutely can. If this team, if you get, get this team in the playoffs, great. But that's not our expectations for you anymore. Okay. Then you kind of just run with it and see what you got. And to me, you can really then be free and start playing guys and seeing what your, your young guys can do. And even if it's, you know, maybe the GM's making a couple moves before the season starts, I don't think, I think that that's probably a good thing to and plus, who knows who they're ending up with with this draft class. They may end up with a very good forward or another very good player who could very who could help a lot. Yeah. Well, it's not like if they're doing terrible 25, 30 games in, you can't fire them. That's too. Yep. Yeah. You can fire people whenever they want because it really doesn't matter. So yeah. if that's what they want to do, that's what they can do. <laughs> yep. All right, next up. So we have this week Brad Marchand and Alex Petrangelo have played their 1,000th NHL game. So it's amazing to me how growing up I was like, cool, well, whatever, just moved on. Like, did not care about that. And now I'm just like, how much of an accomplishment it really is to play a 1,000 games in the NHL. It is not easy. So want to give a little credit there and you know, maybe talk a little bit about their, their careers. They both have cups. They've both been very good NHL players. One likes to lick people more than the other one does. <laughs> well, it's kind of like... Yeah, Petrangelo's a weird dude. <laughs> <laughs> when you see guys like this who both play a very hard style, it makes it even more impressive that they can reach that milestone. And guys who have played in a lot of playoffs, you know, that's a lot of extra hockey, you know, not a lot of off time yeah. to recover, so it's even more impressive. And it, it's not like either of them are ending anytime soon. No. Like, this isn't it. So, and according to Marshawn, he's like, yeah, retirement hasn't even crossed my mind. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I, he's he's got four or five years left easily, mm-hmm. I think. Same with Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah. Could see these guys both. We could be talking about their 1200th pretty quickly. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I Yeah. I Two of my favorite players in the mm-hmm. league. They're, Petrangelo is one of the – he is – we've had this conversation a couple of times. Like, is he the best defenseman in the NHL currently? I think the argument is there to be made. Because mm-hmm. I think the people who actually watch the game – who understand how it's supposed to be played, and they'll just go, okay, McCarr's got 800 points. Like, I, great, that's awesome. And I, again, it's hard to use McCarr because I feel like he's actually a good defenseman who scores a lot, unlike Eric Carlson. But <laughs> That's for you, Shane. <laughs> Phone's dead. I can't do the boom roast. <laughs> <laughs> you can put it on the charger. Oh, yeah, you can have a charger. Let me put it on the fast charger. <laughs> they can totally get to see our inside right now. It's fine. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You were, show. You were uh, it's this guy. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, it, was, it was after Vegas won the cup. We talked about it. I'm kind of curious to see what you think. Like, is Petrangelo a Hall of Famer if he retired today? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think so, too. I, there's, I don't have much of a doubt in my mind on that. Yeah. He's, I don't know. I just think he's all around, just the way he plays the game. He just plays the game right. Yeah. Well, I think one of the, to me, one of the pieces that would put him into this into the Hall of Fame is Stanley Cup. And Vegas has not won that cup at the time. Right. Because obviously him signing there was the piece that put them over the top. And some of it, obviously, like you don't get to sign right shot number one defenseman often. But at the same time... It's also that he came in to a, a pretty good team, and it was it went from a team that we were like we don't really know what they are to they're Stanley Cup contender, now a Stanley Cup winner, and they're again going to be Stanley Cup contender this year again because of it. and he's a big part of that. Yeah. So and he plays the hockey the right way. Yeah. Put it perfectly, and it's just like he's never going to break any records with points. But I mean, what's his top fifty four? 54 points is his career high in points. Which is awesome. For a guy that does everything he does, that's yep. incredible, actually. Yep. But so, so, so valuable. Yep. So, you think... Is huh? Marshawn a Hall of Famer? Of course. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot, That's definitely a tough one. I don't know. I think he has to accomplish a little bit more. Maybe. I don't know. The reason I had Petrangelo is just more of like the dominant defensive play that he does, and especially those cup runs that he's had. But at the same time, I don't know if there's a more dominant player at times than Marshawn. Yeah. Like, there's times, I don't know. It's tough. He is a brother. <laughs> so, let's see here. What's he got crew-wise? Exactly 1,912 points. He's going to hit 1,000 points. But 1,000, 128 power play, or playoff points in 146 games. That's pretty good. Yeah. So I don't, I'd, I'd have to really look at comparisons of who's in. I did that with Petrangelo, and that's how I decided that. I'd have to really look at like who is in the Hall of Fame currently mm-hmm. that have similar points, similar type of player even. like mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have to really do some research on that. It's tough. Right now, I would say, to me, he's not first ballot. Mm-mm. 
I'd say he probably might squeak in, but I don't know. It's also tough because I, f- I struggle with the whole Hall of Fame thing because we have some meh players in there. So is it the Hall of Fame or is the Hall of really good? Mm-hmm. Because we really, there's a lot of in-betweens. There's yeah. a lot of, like, with inducting, making sure you induct a certain amount of people every year, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be inducting people who probably don't belong there. It's just so you can have, say, we inducted this many people this year. I don't know. So, yeah. So, there's probably people in there, comparison-wise, that he's better than. But it's also, I mean, the way that he plays, his style, the the amount of penalty minutes he puts up with the points he puts up, with the goals he scored, with the style of play. And as you said about the, the style being very physical and playing a thousand games is impressive. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know yet. Yeah. No, I don't either. Yeah. If he wins another cup, do you put him in? I think that helps a lot, especially because more than likely he's going to be a very big part of that. Because I can't imagine he that this team does anything without him being a big part of that. Yeah, for sure. And it's crazy the cup they won. I, I I remember then if Tim Thomas wasn't as dominant as he was, he would have been MVP mm. that year. He was so good that playoff run. He had forty penalty minutes, twenty five games. It's <laughs> awesome. Thirty eight of them was in the Vancouver series. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I also think if if he wins the Olympic gold, that helps too. Yeah. And I can't imagine he's not going to be on that team. I don't know how he wouldn't be, but I don't know. Yeah. Because they're taking. Uh, see, it's, yeah, never mind. It's be like, oh, because we're taking Mitch Marner, but that's yeah, obviously a very good pick too. So. <laughs> Can't really roast, I can't really roast him on that one. Yeah. He's in the Hall of Fame of Rats. We'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> he has the biggest nose in NHL history. <laughs> Did you see the Jake DeBrusque mic'd up? No. Oh, his nose was bleeding, and he didn't realize it. He's like, yo, your nose. And he got it, like, wiped off. He's like, ugh. How do you, how do you word it? He's like, oh, it's a good thing it's it's there to protect him or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> oh. Then you want to talk about Louis DeBrusque now? <laughs> son. Son of. Son of Louis DeBrusque. Yeah. I heard Jim Jackson say that once. <laughs> or six. Or 37 times. Oh my it was just that one game especially. It was like every time he touched the puck. <laughs> so we were texting you like, are you watching this? <laughs> this is, I'm starting to get so annoyed around. Yes, we're well aware, Jim. Thanks. Happens. Yep. All right. You have something to say? Oh, sorry. That's just a special face. Yeah. It's very special. <laughs> Joey. <laughs> Shadow. <laughs> Joey Shadow. What? <laughs> we love you, Joey. <laughs> we really do. Oh, uh, his bachelor party is gonna be so fun. Oh, <laughs> we honestly should probably bring the mic and record something. Oh my god. PG show. Apparently, you walk in and it just turns into R. Pretty much. R. Kelly. R. I can't go down that rabbit hole. 
<laughs> I have a drink for you later. It's not appropriate for the show. Anyway, so... <laughs> Moving on. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Moving on, the Philadelphia Flyers have a new captain. So, Sean Guterrier has been named the 20th captain in history. So, that's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you thought. Like, I was a little surprised. I mean, I wasn't surprised at that. I was surprised at the timing. Like, mm-hmm. what did take so long? I did th- they ever say? Um, I don't know that they have said, but I have wondered if it's because he missed all of last year. And so Torch didn't feel comfortable naming a different captain because him being on the shelf, but didn't feel comfortable naming him captain because he wasn't playing. Right. So I think it may have taken him 50 games for him to be like, no, this is our captain. Because I heard conflicting reports that Connecty had been named captain. And that the report was that Torts had told him, I want you to be the captain, but you need to show me that this is your team. And that was why part of the reason that they're saying he's playing that well, as well as he is this year, because of that. So, I don't know. I like it. I think Kateri is a good captain. I think he's been the leader of this team since Drew left. Well, since we traded Drew. I don't have any problems with it. I think it's good to have captains. So, I certainly don't think it's a shocker, and I think it's you know, a long time coming. We haven't had a captain for two and a half seasons. So, yeah, I like it. I think it, it works. I think it was funny. I was, somebody posted something on Twitter of uh, the Flyers 24-7 when they hit for the uh, Winter Classic, and it was uh, Briere and Couturier, and Couturier was living in Briere's mm-hmm. spare bedroom when he first joined the league. And it was comparing like that when Couturier was closer in age to Briere's kids and playing with his kids and stuff. <laughs> and then fast forward to now and – Briere is the GM, and now he's been named captain. I thought that was kind of funny and cool. cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That is cool. Yeah. I mean, his, I mean, he's got a, a 98, a 99, and a 02, I think. So he's got a kid that's five years younger than the Goots, so they would be close age-wise. So, just funny. Maybe Kateria is the one who told him he should push the wheelchair. When you were just saying that, it reminded me. I meant to bring it up to you. I was listening to Elliot Friedman's podcast, and they were talking about his uh, Jeff Merrick, the host, his son's hockey game or something. And he was like, "How old are your kids again?" He's like, "Do you want me to answer it like a douchey hockey dad or a regular person?" He's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Well, if I'm a hockey dad, I'm oh, he's a ninety-nine. <laughs> I thought of you right away. I was yep. like, Matt's gonna like that. Yep. When half of, half of your life is running hockey teams and you need to know how old people are by birth year, that's always how we refer to people. All of my church friends, every single one of them, when I ask them what year they were born in, they go, "Why does that matter?" And I'm like, "Because that's how old I know you. That's how I know how old you are." I'm sorry, it's just the way my brain works. It's how I keep track of everything. I don't know why. It just is what it is. That's what happens when you're first in your class. You can do all the math in your head. True. True. Yeah, he's the smartest, the smartest person Joey knows. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot was homeschooled, but from Boyertown, so it didn't help him. <laughs> he was still last in his class. <laughs> uh, wow. Wow. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> Here you go. It's at 28%. Oh, nice. That's a fast charger. That's, that's why I told you to put it over here. Okay. Nice. Hey. Oh. I don't know what do you want to do <laughs> let's just do it so 
We're going to talk a little bit about the playoff race right now. Playoff. Yeah. I said that right. Ah, you did. I did. I said it. I did. I did the scene right. Then you say, we're not talking about this. this. We're talking about this. Yeah, that one. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Leafs or Leafs. Who's going Travis Sanheim. Nice. Shorthanded. Shocking. On the power kill. <laughs> Shocking. On the power kill. <laughs> it is a power kill. Flyers nice. have a power kill, that's for sure. All right, so right now, we're looking at... So, I'm just going to go from... We'll just talk about wildcard teams, mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking, sure. just for sake of time. So, in the East, you have Toronto, Detroit, New Jersey, Islanders, Washington, I guess I'd put in that, and then Pittsburgh, I guess. Would. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh really wants... They don't want to make the playoffs. <sighs> Dude, that game last night. Oh my gosh! I'm like, I thought they were the best goalies in the in the league. That's what I've been told. Well, yeah. and don't forget the best power play too. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. I think it, was it Reinhardt on Florida had more power play goals than the Penguins had their entire team. <laughs> he has more power play goals than a bunch of teams. Yeah, but Pittsburgh was the only team that was like. I mean, it's Shocking. embarrassing. It, like, it wasn't even close. <laughs> Where is it? I have it here somewhere. There it is. This was on... This was two weeks ago. He has the same amount of power play goals as the Penguins, the Blue Jackets, the Flames, the Sabres, the Sharks. Has more than the Capitals and the Blackhawks. <laughs> That's... Wild. I mean, Pittsburgh... I, I, the rest of those teams, like, okay, like, the Capitals definitely should, because Ovechkin usually has that himself, but mm-hmm. that's not happening this year. The rest of those teams, like, I can understand, but Pittsburgh, like, you're telling me with all that firepower, yep. and they can't score, like, that needs to be in the 40s. Mm-hmm. I and, and they're in the playoffs. It's that simple. I don't know why they're not scoring. I, it is so weird to me. I, I don't, like, I, obviously, not a big Carlson fan, obviously, but he still helps your power play. He's a very good power play point. But it's like he broke that power play. I, I just, I can't wrap my head around why it doesn't work. Did you see the video of the Penguins assistant coach who runs their power play at the whiteboard and he was like about to draw something up and he just stands there for like three minutes with the the, the, the uh, marker at the whiteboard and doesn't write anything and he's just looking at the whiteboard. <laughs> it don't work. I mean, they have they're a plus ten goal differential right now. It it doesn't make sense. Behind the Capitals, who are a minus thirty seven. Yeah, that's what I mean. And they've lost three in a row. Yeah. Penguins are good though, Shane. They're good. They're real good. He's goal he's, ups- he's upset right now. <laughs> oh, I would be too. He's just bummed. It's more just yeah. it's just yeah. because of that's it. Like yeah. literally, it's the power. The Penguins. Their power play was never going to be the problem. Mm-hmm. Like that's going into the season, there's not one person on the planet that was like, "Yeah, I think they're going to be an okay team, and all the, all their stats are going to be good." But their power play is just going to be terrible. What's their power play percentage? Thirteen point six. It's thirtieth in the league. Imagine if you bumped that up to like twenty percent. Yeah. How many games do they win? They're legit an average, a below average power play. They're not even below average. They're just, they're the worst. It's, uh. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, nine, ten, 
I mean, you have at least 13, 14, 14, 15, something like that. Of 13, it looks like 13 one-goal games. The power play goal gets at least gets you a point. Okay, half of that. That's like, okay, even if you go half of it, okay, you get wins on half of it. That's still an extra five wins or so, five to seven wins. That's an extra ten points. You're in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, and easily, I mean, at that point, you're, well, actually, not easily, but you would be, you would be right on the Flyers' heels, chomping, like, you'd be a point behind the Flyers. I, I just, so I just went through and looked at this. So, like I said, you just saw the power play. We just said that, 30th in the league. Eric Carlson has seven goals and 30 assists. Crosby has 28 goals and 24 assists. Malkin has 16 goals and 25 assists. Latang has four goals and 26 assists. Gensel has 22 goals and 30 assists. It's a lot of goals for not scoring on the power play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have 146 goals, so it's a good amount of goals. And much as I can't stand the Penguins, I do feel, you know, for a little bit for their fans... For you, Shane, specifically, mm-hmm. because the their window is really closing to be yeah. competitive. Like the way things are trending right now, they're going to be bad for mm-hmm. a while, and it just it stinks to see. Because you know, I you guys talk about it too, like when the Flyers and the Penguins are good, mm-hmm. and those two teams play in playoffs, or even if they don't play each other and they're just in the playoffs, it's more entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. And that window is slowly closing for Pittsburgh or well, I think more than slowly closing and it's just this is one of those years where it's like we gotta we gotta do something before time runs out and it's just not happening so. well and that's the, that's the thing is you kind of I mean Dubas has to kind of shake his head like what, what more can I do right I mean I, this team should be much better than they are and to me I think they have realistically two more years until the window's Definitely headed down. I think because to me, I think, I think Malkin can give you four more years, but that fourth year is going to be he's not going to be what he's at right now. That's when you're, he's going to start because I think he'll play till he's forty two to forty four is what I think he'll do. I think he can. I don't think those last like his forty and forty one, forty two, forty three, forty four, whatever his forties years, he's not going to be what he is. He just can't be. He can't be this good. But. It's also, I mean, Falcons already dropping off. That's kind of like he, he's almost at this point done. Latang's very close to being done too. Like it just it doesn't to me. And their dominance period is is almost over. And because they really remade that bottom six this year, and I thought did some really good things to really help out, and it has not worked at all. I don't know what you do from here, which is very unfortunate because I didn't. I well, I mean, my project my projection was them in the second seat. That's where I thought they were going to be. I never thought in my in, in my life dependent on I would have never said this team will struggle to score goals in the back line or yeah. s- score goals in general. I mean, because obviously you, have, you know that's a lot of goals from those guys, but they still only have 146 goals for the season, which is not not good enough. I mean, they need to be in that 160 set 165 to 180 range. But, but that's that's the twenty power play goals we're talking about, though. That's true. Yep. That's right. That's what we're like. Yeah. They they are. They're doing what they need to do, except for the power play. It's it's incredible. I I, I don't know because like I, I didn't pull it up. The whole like league like okay, so they're in thirtieth on like percentage. How many power play goals do like 
most teams have. Like, you know Reinhardt has 20 himself, but I'm curious. Um, yeah, it's not going to really show it. It's also, like you were talking about the those top five or six guys who are a lot of points, but they're not getting a lot from, like, that below either as right. far as, like, depth. Because we'll get their elite prospects and... I mean, after Latang, the next closest person is, is Riley Smith, twenty-one points, forty-four games. And then you, you know, I, you guys have talked about like Ricard Raquel before when he wasn't scoring at the beginning of the season. He's got five goals in thirty-eight games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's wild. It's a struggling time for Pittsburgh. <laughs> I just so hmm. Pittsburgh has twenty-three power play goals. On the season. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know who has the best power play in the league? The best power play is Tampa. Tampa? Okay, so let me look. They have 51. I have it up now. Oh, they have 51. 51. Wow. You know who the two teams... So they were 30th. You know who 31st and 32nd are? I'm just completely shocked. Philly? They're last. I'm not surprised. Because their power kill scores way more than their power play. Yeah. Um, Vegas? Mm-hmm. It is a playoff team. Boston? Mm-hmm. They are middle of the pack. They have 40. Um, Stars? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Winnipeg. Really? Interesting. Yep, they have 23 as well. Wow. <laughs> but again, you look at their total goals, they're similar to Pittsburgh, which is kind of interesting, but they have Connor Hellebuck, which helps a lot. Um, what do you mean, Tristan Dreyer is the best goal in the league? <laughs> he has the same stat line as Vasilevsky. He's the best goal in the league. If I didn't lay that up. <laughs> That's just for you, Shane. Just for you. Just let the Bears attack you. <laughs> But imagine if they just they got that up to like, you know, they have twenty three. Same with Pittsburgh. Like you get that up to thirty three. I mean, add ten goals to that. That's a different. It's such a difference maker. Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, they have thirteen one goal games. Yeah. I worked that ten goals. It'd be huge. Yeah. Yep. And you know that in those games, there's no doubt that they had a power play in the third period. Yeah. That didn't come through. That's what I mean. It's <sighs> crazy. crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I'm a fan of the rank. I think I'm booing when they call penalties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when the Flyers get a penalty, people are like, "Cool, we're gonna score." But the Flyers, it makes like they're not. That's what I mean. Like all those teams and stuff. Like even the Flyers, like it kind of makes sense. Like who on the oh, Flyers yeah. do you put oh, out yeah. there and go like they're gonna go? You know, yeah. we're gonna feed them. The D needs to watch him. He's gonna make Pittsburgh has like five of those guys. Yeah. Why are they not scoring? It doesn't make sense. I don't understand. I feel like you could have zero coaching and put Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Latang, Carlson on the ice, and they should be able to put the puck in the net with no coaching whatsoever. It's insane. They should. I don't know why they can't. I really don't. I do not understand. Which I guess it shows how important coaching is. We know that. I'm saying that in the sense of you would think that they should just be able to do that. But, hey... I don't know. I've I've read some articles of you mentioned that's Todd Reardon who used to coach the Capitals. That's the coach that does their power play. And 
mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people like wanting him fired and bringing in. I I'd read an article about they wish they could bring in Bruce Boudreaux to be the assistant, <laughs> which would be awesome. But that would stink to have two very good head coaches coaching a team and not make the playoffs. Because at this point, it's too late. Hmm. I would have to agree with that. I think, unfortunately, it is just... It sucks, but it kind of is... That that window... The only thing for me is they've only played 50 games. So if they would win their next two, that would put them at 57, which would put them up with the Islanders. It's close then. That's what it was. At one point, that two games was six games. Mm -hmm. And that was going to be the difference maker. Because they were like where Ottawa is, where they were way behind. They started making up some games, and ugh, three, not good. Three, five, and two in their last ten. Yeah, that's not it. So, yeah, when I said the playoff race, I mainly wanted to talk Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine with me. I mean, because I, I, I just don't think like okay, like so Jersey. I think Jersey's going to hang around, and they might make a push. I don't think the Islanders will, unfortunately, for Bill. But I in the Capitals, I. When they were in the playoffs for a while there, we were like, whatever. I don't even know what to say. Mm -hmm. I was very high on Washington coming into the year. I was excited to see what they do, but I wasn't expecting Ovechkin to have like 12 goals. Yeah, it's bad. And you had them in the first place in the Metro? I think it was like a hot take. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, I look at it going, I mean, I feel like Detroit should stick. But I'm not impressed with them, so I wouldn't be. Sh- That's the problem. To me, I look at it going. Obviously, I'm going to say Toronto's going to be out because I want them to be out desperately. I think they're probably realistically sticking around though, just because looking at who else they have. I mean, I don't like Detroit. I'm not impressed with the Devils. Have been so hit or miss. I mean, obviously, if they go get a goalie at the deadline, that may change things. I think the Islanders are kind of just. I don't even know what to think of the Islanders at this point. They're just weird. They're. I don't know. I mean, Sorokin's been so bad this year, but. And then, yeah, Washington. I mean, Washington's got six in his last six games, I think. So maybe he's starting, and that would obviously help, you know, power play, because they don't have a ton of power play goals either. That would help that, but then also would help with just a team of scoring. But they're 2 6 and 2 in their last 10. So I don't know. I, to me, if I had to pick right now, I'd say it's probably going to be the Devils in Detroit. But I don't know. I could also be 100% wrong with that. <laughs> Because I also don't know, because Philly could also drop out too. That's the thing. Like I look at this, I look at that, and I go, every single team in the wild card from one to last place, or one to Ottawa, besides Montreal, is the most disappointing teams all year. Yeah. Like, if all those teams were really, like, battling, and they all had, like, 64, like, you know, if Pittsburgh and Jersey were flipping in and out of the division wild card and now they're out of the playoffs for a couple of days and they're battling in and out, it's like, okay. Like, they're playing catch-up at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's disappointing. Weird year. It is a very weird, very, very weird year, that's for sure. But, yeah, while it's even, I mean, on the other side of the, of the conference, or the league on the conference, I mean, the Kings are dropping fast. <laughs> Last night was I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I enjoyed every second of it because, to me, <laughs> God, you still own that shirt? It's you, gross. You know I will kill you. Right? <laughs> Freaking Elliot 
showing us his Edmonton Oilers shirt. I've been wearing that since I met you, and I met you when you were 15. <laughs> yeah, I got it for free, so I'm going to keep wearing it. It does look pretty be done. I'm wearing my T.G. Oshie shirt. Yeah, this is a... Because it's about whatever how long we're getting. Yeah. Yeah, sure, cool, whatever. Still suck. <laughs> anyway, but the Kings, I mean, they beat Buffalo last night, lost 6 nothing. And COVID or seven, 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 seven. seven. Yeah, they had a, they had a touchdown. I guess there was, was there you something on Sunday. I think something happened on Sunday, but I don't know what it was. I may or may not have had a party at my house about it, but I don't know what it was. Oh, the the he Swifty Bowl. He, he actually got me. I'm like, what is he talking? About? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Taylor Swift's boyfriend was playing. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I know Kyle's just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable I think that's the worst statement Than wearing your Edmonton Oilers shirt in here But yeah Standing so. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Andy Reid? Yep Anyway So the Kings 7 nothing to Buffalo last night Kopitar was a negative five. It's got to be the first time in his career he's been a negative five. Yeah. Ever. It was bad. It literally looked like a minor league team play, which is where I th- I wonder if we're going to start seeing more of that because Taco Collins did that long. Yeah. And he was what was keeping them together. Another piss poor move by Blake. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Because... We looked at this last week, and they at least had like a six, seven point gap. Mm-hmm. It's down to two. Yep. And three, and three, yep. and four. Yeah. It's crazy. And they're three, five, and two. St. Louis is seven and three. Minnesota's seven and three in the last ten. So Minnesota and St. Louis are they're trucking. Now the thing is, the Kings have only played fifty games, so that does help them. But. I don't think it matters because of how poorly they're playing. Because yeah. to me, last night wasn't one of those games where, like, every time, you know, every once in a while you have, I mean, Tampa has it, like, or Vancouver, whatever. You can you pick them. I mean, obviously, Vancouver wants to fly four to one. Yeah. Stuff happens. You have a bad game, whatever. It was literally just like nobody knew where they're supposed to be going. Nobody knew what was happening. There was just goals going in left and right. They couldn't shoot. They couldn't score. They outshot Buffalo and lost 7 nothing. Yeah. Like, how do you even do that? You can't. <laughs> you put on a Kings jersey and add Pierre Luc Dubois to your team. <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah, what a loser. Trying to lay it up for him again. Who who do you think are going to be the final two in the wild card here? I think the Blues are going to end up in the playoffs. I think they're playing well enough. I think they have a team, which makes their trade deadline very interesting because I think a lot of people pay a lot for Breach but obviously they're going to keep him, especially because he signed for one more year anyway, so you don't have to move him. I don't know who the other team's going to be. I don't think it's going to be the Kings. I think the Kings are falling out. I don't know that, because Nationals now hasn't been playing well either, and depending on what happens, I mean, there's a lot of rumors that Saros is getting moved. If that happens, they're definitely missing playoffs. Calgary's been playing really well, though. I think it's... I, I'm, but I want to say Minnesota. I feel like Minnesota's going to be a team that's going to come out of nowhere and people are going to be like, where did you come from? But, I, so I'd say, I, th- I think it's going to be St. Louis and Minnesota. I'm just going to go with it. 
I would agree with that. That's the two I was going to say. So. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I think Calgary. I, I, I think that Lindholm trade is going to help them even now. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. Huberto has been on a on a hot streak ever since Kuzmenko showed up. They've instantly gained some chemistry. So, yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to watch out for. They've been playing really good hockey recently. So, I'm excited to see uh, see what they do. I really like that Calgary team, though. It'll be they're another team that'll come deadline though with Markstrom and stuff. Like I'm curious what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got five points in the last five games. Yeah, but I don't. I see. I don't think. I don't think Markstrom's getting traded. I don't either. But I, don't, I just. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. In Tuesday, tomorrow's episode. Tuesday's episode. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah up to thirty-one points in fifty-two games. So not awful. It's still negative sixteen though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying they're... I, I wouldn't include them in... Like, they're going to get knocked out right away, I think. But I could see them. I, I don't know. It's between all those teams, really. It's going to really come down to which team wants it. Because <laughs> I think that's the case on both ends. I just feel like but a lot of those teams, they just... The opportunity's there to take it. It's just who's going to... Who is going to be the one to take it. Yeah. I was hoping it was going to be Arizona, but I just don't think it's <laughs> Yep. Especially next that. year when they're in Utah. Yeah, maybe. I know so. I, I, that team, <laughs> I, that team. Rumors is... I'm hearing. <laughs> I don't think, see, I. <sighs> I think they're going to move to Utah, and then Arizona will eventually get another team. Maybe, but I just don't see Batman doing that. I see Batman expanding into Utah and keeping Phoenix, or whatever, Arizona. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I actually kind of like that. I hope that happens. Because they're never they're they're not getting into an arena. This this part of Arizona, this organization is not getting into an arena yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. I also I wouldn't mind that because of I don't want to see another expansion draft for five years at least because I like the thirty two teams. I think that's mm-hmm. a good number. Leave it there. Let it be for a little bit. For now, yeah. I agree with that. I I just want to see them move because. This team is so good, and they have they're heading in the right direction. And management can't keep it going right now. Like mm-hmm. th- there's, they can't sign anyone to any long term deals. No one because no one's going to. Mm-hmm. So th- th- the potential for this team is so high, and like, I still th- I'm still so high on this team. I just uh, it's well, frustrating. You move, you get a new owner who's wants to win yeah. and doesn't care about money, or you never know. Yeah. Yeah. I think they could. Yeah, one that's willing to spend the money, you know. I don't. I don't have a problem with wanting to be smart about it, but I think there's also time to invest it. You gotta spend money to make money, right? Yep. That's my whole thing. So. But yeah, we'll see. All, All right. right. Anything else before we sign off? I am great. Are you sure? We killed this one. Yeah, we did. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on that special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for getting us six flatbreads tonight. Yes, you're all appreciate it. I'm gonna go eat another one now. I can't read, so it's you know, Boyer Town. <laughs> Boyer Town homeschool education at its best. Oh man. Thank you all for listening. It's been another episode of Last Minute's Hockey Podcast. We appreciate all you giving us your time and be willing to listen to us talk and rant and you know, me be an idiot most of the time, but it's all good. It's only game. Why you have to be mad? <laughs>